Greetings, brothers and sisters in Christ. Blessed Resurrection Sunday and a happy fourth week of enhanced community quarantine to all of you. We hope and pray that all of you are doing well or at least surviving as we battle this COVID-19, not only as a church, but also as a, as a nation. We sincerely miss all of you, our family here in UECP. Indeed, it is true what they say. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And so, we patiently wait for the time that we can gather once again as a church to worship our God together. But, let's look at the bright side. At least now, we can understand what Paul meant in his letters when he wrote, How I long to see you, or how I yearn for you all with the affections of Christ. Especially now that we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday. O diba? God's word is always relevant and timeless. Anyway, in eight years of being a pastor, it is my first time to speak during Resurrection Sunday celebration. And let me tell you this. We started planning for this Sunday around six weeks ago with our deacon Peggy Uy and Pastor Roy and Tita Lin, who are our praise team trainers. But unfortunately, all of our initial planning didn't go as planned, thanks to COVID-19. And I'm sure that that was not the only plan that didn't push through. We have already started organizing and planning for our camps early this year and even late last year. But all of them are now canceled. I was supposed to speak on our UEC South Tucson Youth Camp next week. But that too was canceled. One of our guitarists, Brother Kyle, was preparing hard for his board exam that was supposed to be this month, but now it was postponed indefinitely. Our couple's life group have been waiting all year for the return of Chloe from Singapore this month as well. But now we have to wait another month or maybe even longer. And I'm sure you have plans as well that didn't go as planned. Maybe you planned a trip this Holy Week to go far away from home, but it became a staycation na lang. I'm sure some of you have made plans in your businesses, in your careers, in your budgeting, with your families, or maybe even for your wedding day. But all of those were put on hold thanks to COVID-19. You see, COVID-19 delayed or maybe destroyed many of our plans. You see, COVID-19 was not part of our plan. And not only has it messed up all of our other plans, it has also put so much uncertainties and worries into our lives. These things tend to happen when things don't go according to plan. These were probably the same things the disciples and the followers of Jesus experienced when they witnessed their Lord crucified, dead on the cross, and buried. You see, many of them have been following Jesus for around three years already. Many of them have left their jobs and their families and have committed their lives to the call of Jesus. They believe with all their hearts that this Jesus, the one that they were following, was the person they have been waiting for, the promised Messiah prophesied in the Old Testament. 
the one who will free them from oppression, from the injustice, from, the, from their Roman conquerors. But now, he is dead. That was not part of their plan as well. Jesus was supposed to destroy their Roman oppressors, but instead, he was destroyed by his own people. That was not part of their plans. And that time, they were probably confused, uncertain of their future. Some of them went back to their old jobs, while some probably didn't have jobs to go back to. You see, just like COVID-19, the death of Jesus was not part of their plans. But Luke chapter 24 tells us otherwise. Even though the death of their master was not part of their plans, all three sections of Luke 24 tells us repeatedly that it is all part of the plan, his plan, Jesus' plan, God's plan. And not only his death, but his resurrection too. And today we'll be looking at these three sections of Luke chapter 24 separately. And we will read them separately as well. And what we will learn is that Jesus was dead, but now he is alive. And it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the plan. And I hope that in the end, we will believe, we will trust, and we will proclaim this truth even as we face the threat of COVID-19 today. So first, let us read from the first section of Luke 24 in verse 1 to 12. Luke 24, verse 1 to 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the man said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The first section tells us about the first evidence and the first witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And women were the first ones to see the empty tomb and to hear the news that Jesus was alive. And this must have come as a shock to the original readers of Luke and should serve as a reminder for all of us. Why? 
because the testimony of women as witnesses in a court of law was not always given credence during the first century, during their time. And yet God chose women to be the first witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. This tells us that everyone, no matter man or woman, child or adult, plays an important role in the ministry of Jesus, in the ministry of the gospel. But what is more important to note here is that while they were confused to see an empty tomb, two angels appeared to them asking them a rhetorical question. They asked, why do you seek the, li the living among the dead? The women went there looking to anoint the dead, but the angels questioned them as if they were supposed to know that they were visiting a living person. Why were they supposed to be looking for a living person? The angels reminded them in verse 6 to 7. He says, he is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? You see, Jesus already told them before many times that he was going to die but on the third day, he will rise again. In Luke chapter 9, verse 21 to 22, and he strictly charged and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day, be raised. Luke 9, verse 44, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of man. Luke 18, verse 32 to 33, For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise. You see, brothers and sisters, it was all part of the plan. How? Jesus told them so. Not after he was crucified, died, and buried, and was alive again, no. But before all of these things happened, Jesus already told them that these things are going to happen to him. It was all part of the plan. Jesus told them so. And yet when the women went to the other dis disciples to tell them what they have witnessed, they were dismissed. Only Peter went to see the empty tomb for himself, while all the others didn't believe, even when Jesus already told them the things that will happen to him. Jesus was dead, but he has risen. He is alive. And it was no accident. It was no coincidence. It was not by chance. It was not by luck. It was all part of the plan. Jesus told them so. And so what should we do? We must believe. Believe. Believe that Jesus has risen. You know, many skeptics deny the resurrection of Jesus. Many claim that this was only a story made up by the fanatic followers of Jesus. But Jesus has no fanatic followers. All of his disciples left him when he was arrested and crucified. 
And yet, when all of them saw the reason Jesus, they were willing to die for that truth. And most of them did die, upholding to the truth that they have seen with their eyes, that Jesus is alive. No, nobody would give up their lives for a lie. That would be stupid. But for the truth that they have seen with their eyes, that was the truth that they died for. The truth that Jesus is alive. And why is it important for us to believe in this truth? Because this is the truth that will, that will help us live through the challenges in life. This important truth is the thing that will help us live through the challenges in life. Because Jesus told us in John 16 verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus was dead, but now he lives it's all part of the plan. Jesus told us so. So we should believe. Because when we believe that, we can also believe that even though COVID-19 or any hardships or tribulation is also part of God's plan, we can take heart. Because Jesus also says that he has overcome the world. And he has he has overcome the world because he lives. It's all part of the plan. So, believe. Believe. Let's look again in our Bibles as we read through the second section of chapter 24. Now we'll be reading from verse 13 to verse 35. Verse 13 to verse 35. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sights. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The second section of Luke 24 tells us the story of Jesus' disciples, two of Jesus' disciples on their way to Emmaus. These two men were not part of the twelve, but among the many other disciples of Jesus. But what makes this story special is that this is the first sighting of the risen Jesus in the Bible. Only the two were kept from recognizing him immediately. It was still the same day when the women found the empty tomb. And while the two disciples were walking, Jesus came to them and asked them what they were talking about. They thought that Jesus was clueless, explaining to him everything that had happened. But the irony here is that they were the ones that was clueless of God's plan. After they told him the things that had happened and the speculations that the man Jesus might be alive, it was Jesus' turn to educate them of the things that were happening. Only, it would have been faster if Jesus would just let himself be known at that time, saying, Oh, you foolish ones, slow to believe. Tada, it is I. Mas mabilis pa. But Luke tells us that Jesus instead opened the scriptures from Moses, which, are, which is the Pentateuch, to the prophets, which are the historical, together with the major and minor prophets of the Old Testament, to explain to them that everything that had happened to him has been foretold or foreshadowed in the scriptures. Why did Jesus choose to do that? Because he wants them to understand it was all part of the plan. Everything that happened and is happening are all according to the scriptures. Jesus was dead, but now he is alive because it is all part of the plan. The Bible tells us so. You see, from the beginning in Genesis, he was the word of God that created everything. Jesus was the offspring of Eve whose heel will be struck by the serpent but, in, but will crush its head. But, and he was the promised blessing to all families of the world given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was the ram caught in the thicket, the sacrifice provided by God. He was foreshadowed by Joseph. He was also betrayed by his, by his brothers, yet he came to forgive and save them. 
He was the slain lamb in Egypt whose blood spared the firstborn of Israel. He was the tabernacle in the temple of God, for he was God with us. He was the promised son of David who will rule forever. He was the one with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He was the one foretold by the prophet Isaiah, the servant of God who was despised and rejected by man, the one who carried our sorrows and stricken by God, the one who was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities through whom we are healed and forgiven. That was all according to the scriptures. Yes, brothers and sisters, Jesus was dead, but now he is alive. And it was all part of the plan. Not just by Jesus, not just by his followers, it was the perfect plan of his father. As foretold and foreshadowed in the scriptures. And so, what should we do? We must not only believe, but we must trust in the good and perfect will of God. What is the difference between believing and trusting? To believe is simply to know that something is true. To trust, on the other hand, means to entrust your lives to that something or someone you believe in. Entrusting your lives to God. Indeed, there are many questions in life that we do not have an answer to. Why is there pain and suffering in the world? There are many situations and things that we cannot explain. Like, why did my child have leukemia? There are many problems that we don't have a solution to. Why is there no cure or vaccine for COVID-19 yet? There are many challenges in life that we don't understand the purpose of. Like, why did my kidneys fail? There are many things that does not go according to our plan. Why, didn't, why did my business not do so well? But, brothers and sisters, even in the midst of all these questions, we can rest assured that everything that happens is under the sovereign good and perfect will of God. And how do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. Job says in chapter 42, verse 2, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. And Paul says in Romans 8, Romans 8, verse 28, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And the proof that all of this is true, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And if he is for us, who can be against us? The Bible also tells us that. It is all part of the plan. The Bible tells us so. So don't just believe that Jesus is alive. Put your trust in the good and perfect will of God. Put your trust in the risen Jesus. For as the song goes, When you don't understand, when you can't see his plan, 
When you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. And God already poured out his heart to us when he gave his one and only son to die on the cross in our place and raise him from the dead to give us eternal life. Brothers and sisters, say it with me. It's all part of the plan. The Bible tells us so. So believe and trust. Trust in Jesus. Now let us go to the final section of Luke 24. We'll be reading from verse 36 to the end of the chapter, verse 53. Verse 36 to 53. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. After recognizing that it was Jesus whom they were with, Jesus disappeared immediately from the two. Then they immediately went to the other disciples to tell them that they have been with Jesus. And during this time, Jesus reappeared and stood with them. They thought he was a spirit or a ghost. But Jesus proved to them that he was indeed alive by letting them touch him to feel his skin and bones and show them his wounds, to prove to them that he was indeed the risen Jesus and not an imposter. He also ate with them. Why? To prove to them that he is indeed flesh and bones and that he was alive. Then after this, Jesus pointed them back to the scriptures, opening their minds and showing them that everything that had happened to him was all part of God's plan from the beginning as it was laid out in the Old Testament. And the purpose of all these is for the ultimate solution to the problem of sin and death, which is repentance and forgiveness through the risen Jesus. And now that they all understood what Jesus told them and what the Bible foretold, 
that it was all part of the plan. And they have seen with their own eyes that Jesus was dead but now alive. It was their turn. It was their turn to tell the world so. Luke 24, verse 46 to 48. And Jesus said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, and the repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. You see, it's all part of the plan. Jesus told them, the Bible tells us so, and now it is our turn to tell the world so. Proclaim. Proclaim that Jesus died and that he has risen for the forgiveness of our sins and to give us eternal life. Jesus is the one provided by God as the, ans as the answer to the problem of sin, to the problem of death, as the answer to the threats of COVID-19, to the threats of AIDS, to the threats of cancer, as the solution to the broken marriages and families, to the injustice and oppression in our world. Jesus is the answer, and it's all part of the plan. And brothers and sisters, I'm not just saying this as a cliche. The risen Jesus is indeed the one true solution to all of these problems. How? How can knowing the risen Christ provide a solution to all these problems? Because he lives. Because he lives. And he lives in us. He lives in us. And so through us, through us, the church, the chosen people of God, God helps the weak. Through us, God helps the poor. Through us, God helps the broken, the sick, and the oppressed. And this was modeled to us in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 46, Luke recorded this. And all who believed were together had, had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Jesus was dead, but now he is alive and is living in us. And we, as Christians, have to live out Jesus to others. It is all part of the plan. And we are all part of the plan. We are all part of the plan. To proclaim the good news of the gospel to others and to live out the blessings of the gospel to the world that badly needs Jesus, that badly needs help, that badly needs life. Brothers and sisters, in this Resurrection Sunday, let me remind each one of us that Jesus did not promise us an easy life. No. As he prayed for his disciples, he did not pray for a comfortable life free of problems. That was not the plan. 
But as Jesus suffered, his church will also suffer. But in the midst of that suffering, we have the risen Jesus living in us, forgiving us of our sins, giving us eternal life, and making us a blessing to other people. That is the plan. It's all part of God's good, glorious, and perfect plan of redemption. So, brothers and sisters, let us believe. And not only that, let us trust in Jesus. And most importantly, let us proclaim let us proclaim Jesus to others that Jesus died, but now he is alive and he lives in us. Say it with me again. It's all part of the plan. And now to anyone here who is listening to this for the first time and has not yet believed and trust in the risen Jesus. Friends, let me tell you this. Jesus is God's plan for your life. Jesus is God's plan for your life. To save you from sin and death. To grant you forgiveness and eternal life. To give you a life that is full and make you a blessing to others. So as we pray, I hope that you would receive the risen Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior. Because God wants to save you and make you his child. It's all part of his good and perfect plan in your life. It's all part of God's plan. Let us pray. Father, indeed, there are so many things happening in this world that we cannot control. So many things that are happening that is not part of our plans. But Lord, we are encouraged today that even though things may seem dark, you are always in control. And everything falls under your good and perfect will. So Lord, I pray that during this time, help us to keep on believing on the recent Jesus. Help us to entrust our lives to him every single day. And help us to be the one to proclaim that he is risen and it's all part of your plan. Oh Lord, I pray for those among us who haven't received Jesus in their lives. Father, I pray that you'll be the one to speak to them this morning. That they will come to know Jesus Christ, the one and true Savior of the world. That they will receive him into their lives and know that they also are part of your plan. Your plan to save your plan to bring your kingdom, your plan to make us all children of God. So Lord, I pray that as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday in our homes, may we remember this wonderful truth that Jesus died for our sins, but now he is alive in us and it's all part of your plan. This is our prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Good morning. God bless you all.